Coming up, today's guest is a seasoned CFO with experience in both private and public companies. You'll discover how to calculate ROAS and what a CFO wants to see, how to finance an effective UA campaign, and finally, what metrics you should hit before hiring a CFO. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Adjust gives you the tools you need for end-to-end app analysis. Not just the macro-level stuff, but the micro-details. You can identify, dissect, and leverage data trends. Just go to adjust.com slash appmasters. Calculate your app's lifetime value and learn how you can exponentially scale your growth. Pollen.vc is the best way to manage cash flow and invest in your app's growth. Learn more at pollen.vc. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And we've been talking to some amazing, phenomenal people out there. And today, I've got a great guest for you. We're going to talk all about finance, UA, how to interact. He was a CFO at Penn Interactive and Jump Ramp Games. I'm sure you guys have heard of them. And now is advising Armory Square Ventures. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Steve Hova Gimian. And now, Steve, sorry, I don't know where I'm leaving, but welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Looking forward to it. So Steve, let's start off with the main question. I think because you have a finance background and you work a lot with the UAs, give us some practical tips that UA managers should know about when you, as a CFO, you're trying to make sure that the business continues to run. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, really, the, the biggest thing is, is be a good partner, be a good teammate. Um, you know, a lot of guys will try to uh, brush aside some of the bad news, but don't do that. Just, just It's better to let you know up front, right? And then we can do something about it together. So if something's not working, be open in front about it. Like what are some of the bad news that you've had UA managers hide from you? <laughs> um, not that they would ever do that, but <laughs> uh, I've had people understate how much they spent to make their per user numbers look better. And then I would say, are you sure? Because, you know, I don't want to get hit later with with uh, invoice for twice as much. And they said, no, it's fine. And then, you know, a month later or two months later, three months later, here comes the $30,000, $50,000 invoice that we didn't expect. Uh, and, and that becomes a problem. And usually what happens is those people are on their way, on the way out. So they do it kind of on the way out and leave you with a little present. But um, your reputation follows you. So I wouldn't do that. Oh, that's horrible. So from a CFO perspective, how do you like to manage? I mean, what are some of the key metrics that you're kind of looking at? Um, I, you know, ROAS and LTV and CPI, uh, I think you got to look at them separately, right? Um, because you may not be able to spend a $100 CPI, even if it brings back, you know, 300 or $400 uh, uh, back or 4X ROAS. Um, just because you also need to hit your number of users as well. So 
uh, I'd say those are the main drivers. I so. see. And then is anything from a UA perspective, are they overseeing anything? Are they concerned? Are there concerns that you may have as a CFO that you're like, I wish UA managers would pay more attention to these things? Um, I'm actually always surprised at how many don't necessarily pay attention to, to ROAS. Um, but the biggest conflict I always see and the hardest thing about being the CFO is if things do go wrong, there's the, the blame game starts a little bit, mm. right? And so UA, UA will always point or marketing will always point at product and say, you know, well, the product's missing this or missing that or maybe even some other words that are, are even less complimentary, uh, uh, you know, and then product will say, well, no, they're just buying bad traffic. Uh, and it, it's pretty hard to unwind that and really figure out which is the truth. Um, so it leaves me, I have to go, you know, investigating through industry sources and see, yeah, you know, what's going on in the UA market. What are the CPI levels like? Um, so that is one thing I would, I would say UA managers could do a lot more of mm. is don't rely just on the data, right? Go out and talk to your partners. I mean, really, really leverage your vendor partners and, you know, get the color that's behind it. Right. What's going on? Are there big campaigns coming down the pike from big brands that are going to drive prices um, out of whack? Uh, yeah, I think you and I had once talked about seasonality. Right. So these kind of things in the market can overwhelm your typical seasonality effects. So that I, that's the biggest thing I wish, you know, go out and get the information, communicate it to your CFO and your data team and then and be prepared. <sighs> Got my dog barking in the background. Yeah, oh, mine might start after that. <laughs> the ROAS calculation, how yep. do you guys, look, I deal a lot in the organic growth side of things, so I don't look at some of the revenues mm. and the, the ad spend side of things, so I have no idea from a newbie perspective, how do you like to calculate ROAS? Uh, I like to, I like to calculate, calculate it a lot of different ways, uh, almost as many ways as you could calculate LTV. Um, so. You know, first, since you brought up organic, or, organic is the CFO's favorite because it's free. Um, so you can look at it a lot of different ways. I tend to look at ROAS just on paid traffic. A lot of people will try to blend in the organic traffic and, you know. Make their numbers look better. Yeah, make, exactly. Make the look, numbers look better. And there's, there's value in looking at that number over time. But let's look at both. <laughs> Whoops, sorry. Uh, yeah, let's look at both, right? Let's look at with and without, uh, paid and, and total. Um, let's look at it. A lot of people will also show you, especially in the social casino industry or, or other industries that are um, take longer to break even, uh, you know, a lot of agencies and, and vendor partners will show you three-day, six-day, 15-day LTVs or ROASs or 30-day ROASs. Mm. Um, I mean, that's fine and dandy. It's nice to see how those do against other co cohorts of the same time. But I want to know when you're projecting that it'll break even. So I'm spending $100,000. You're telling me I'll get $20,000 back in 30 days. That doesn't thrill me. I see. Right? I want to know when are we going to break even if we're going to break even. So what I'm saying is... Um, yeah, look at your LTVs and ROAS is over like three month, six month, nine month, 12 month. Find when the break even point is 
So say if it's 18 months, you know, I want to know when am I going to get my 100% ROAS back? Got it. So that's the main thing that you're concerned about. Hey, when am I breaking even? I don't want to be yeah. losing money, essentially. Yeah. And if they don't know that, like, well, how do you go back to them? Like, you know, how do you interact with them? Like, Steve, I just don't have enough data yet. I'm the UA manager. I just don't have enough yeah. data yet, right? Like, I, I, here's what the LTV is looking like. You know, we're soft launching. So how do you sort of project that out? Yeah, and that's, it's a fair point. A lot of it is not really on the, the UA guy. That actually ends up being on, on the data team a little bit, at least the places I've been. Um, so I would say to the UA person, we, we really have to get on the data team to give you the information you need um, or on your partners. If sometimes you can get it from a, you know, an adjust or your attribution partner. Um, it, it's not always as reliable as internal information because that's just not their, their main focus, but they've got a lot of helpful stats too. I see. So educate me. Steve, because I'm not a finance guy and I don't know anything about this stuff too. But yeah. cash flow, you know, what can us people like newbies or UA managers really understand about cash flow when it actually hits? Because you as a CFO, you know, you're spending a lot, but a lot of these ad networks and app stores, they take a bit of a time, some time to actually pay you out. So how do you deal with this? Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. You're hitting a lot of the painful points today. Um, I've been in the industry, Steve. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like we both have. <laughs> but you're bringing up all the, the, the hard, painful points. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you're exactly right. Um, everyone says they'll pay you back in 30 days, right, From on the revenue side. Yeah, everyone says 30 days. Maybe they say 60 days, but it, it, it's rarely. On average... Um, on average, you will collect your money from the, the revenue side 60 to 90 days. I, I'd say the average, if you're lucky and good and stay on top of things, is 60 days. So that means the $100,000 I, I gave you, Mr. UA Manager, uh, won't come back to the company for 60 to 90 days. Um, uh, that's if you're getting 100% ROAS you know, right off the bat. Right. Right. If right. Uh, so, I may not have. I might not be able to get that hundred thousand to give you your next month's budget. Right. So, what I would say to UA people in that situation too, though, is, is again be a partner. Um, so when your vendor partners come knocking at the door and say, "Why is why isn't Steve paying you?" You know, uh, you know, uh, or why isn't Steve paying us thirty days or forty five days? It's typically because I'm waiting for the other side to pay us. I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it's it slows it slows the growth of business down. You know, when you're planning out these budgets, especially for mm -hmm. like a big launch, do you? I mean, how far in advance have you budgeted in terms of months? Like, and do you look at it per, from a per game perspective? There's like a big portfolio of games, or is it just like, hey, this game has this much budget, and here's how we're gonna you know, yeah. like allocate it month one, month two, month three, so forth. Yeah. Uh, no, another good question. Um, so for at least 12 months, month by month out, um, you know, then towards the middle of the year, let's say towards the end of the year, I'll roll another 12 months out. So, you know, at one point I might have 18 months worth of, of forecast, um, but that's probably about as far out as I would go monthly because things just change too much 18 months down the line. Um, and as far as game by game, 
Uh, it, it sort of depends on the critical mass of the game, right? If it's a little game that we don't expect a lot from, um, we may not look at it or we may blend two or three together. Uh, but we will do, we'll both look at uh, the calculations on a game by game basis and then roll them up to an aggregate company basis, right? So we've got 10 games. I would look at, look at the revenues and acquisition cost game by game. So we can see how each of them are performing and then consolidate them together for an overall company. I know the, when you said be a partner, be a good partner, the Peter from Hutch was talking about like daily communication. Like, what do you, he's like, so how do you, how do you be a good partner from a UA and CFO perspective? Um, well, the first one was the, was, you know, honestly upfront advanced communication finance folks do not like surprises, right? <laughs> you know, we're, we're kind of quirky that way. Uh, we'd rather take the, I think at least we'd rather take the bad news up front. Uh, and like he said, day to day, uh, everywhere I have been or go, I tend to have daily reports. Um, and I tend to either me or someone on my team will look at that every day and watch, you know, keep the time series and watch the trends. So I, I see that as the day-to-day -day communication. And when something gets kind of quirky, you know, I'll ask the UA person, but then also the UA team or the UA person should, you know, even if the data looks normal, but they've heard something on the street like, okay, it looks normal, but huge Nike campaign is coming in and it's probably going to, you know, jack CPIs up in the next week or two. I see. You know, get, get, you know, get that information to us. Got it. Just be proactive as much exactly. as you can. Got it. Well, Steve, before I move on, because I want to learn about you've run C, you've been a CFO for private and public companies. I want to learn mm -hmm. about the differences between the two. As I know, my audience is probably more on the private side as they start thinking about becoming more of a public company. But before I do, I want to thank my first sponsor, adjust.com/slash at masters. You got to do that slash just so I can get a little bit of credit from this ad read. But listen, guys, Steve talked about it. Look, you got to report. On this, when you're looking at your ROAS, when you're looking at LTV, you need a tool that's going to help you provide the analytics, provide the attribution so that you can calculate all these numbers that Steve wants to see that you have to report to Steve. And just in case something happens to a certain cohort, well, they're going to tell you that so that you can be proactive on a daily basis, basis and tap Steve on the shoulder and be like, Steve, some numbers are looking funny. So if you need a tool that's going to help you do all that with attribution, with analytics, and give you that one easy-to-use dashboard, check them out. It is adjust.com. They've got some amazing, amazing companies already using them. So go learn more by going to adjust.com slash appmasters. That, once again, is adjust.com slash appmasters. All right, Steve, teed it up for you. What's been the main differences between working for a private company and as a public company and a public company as a CFO? Sure. Uh, well, the, I mean, the biggest, the biggest difference is their tolerance for, for UA spending, really, if you boil it down. <laughs> um, because if you're, all things being even, if all of a sudden I spend $200,000 on a UA campaign, and I don't see, let's say I don't see any revenue until next month, right? You're going to see a dip in earnings in that month, right? Because I've got the $200,000 expense, but I don't have any revenue yet. Um, 
the hardest part is they're not used to seeing that kind of dip or a, a lot of the public companies who buy technology companies don't understand that. Um, or they're just not happy to see it. So they expect things to just keep going up and up and up. Um, I, sorry here. I think the solve for that is to really, it's, it's, it's difficult, but you have to educate, uh, you have to educate people over and over and over again, uh, and try to get them comfortable with it. Uh, the, the problem or the trick is if you say, I'm going to spend $200,000, but we're going to return you 400,000 in the next six months, you, you got to, you have to follow up for your credibility has gone. Um, you know, that goes back to that whole, once you get bad news, let me know as soon as possible so we can address it somehow. Either communicate it to the end people or come up with another way to come up with that revenue. Um, Are you just private, labeling that somewhere? You're like, hey, this 200000 you know, Steve Young promised this $200,000 spend is going to amount to $400,000 $400, of revenue. Do you just label that? Because it's going to take me some time to give that back to you. Well, you'd, you'd be surprised. The, the public companies don't quite understand that payoff mode. Um, although again, if, if it's a public gaming company, sorry, if it's a public gaming, a uh, public games company, they'll probably understand it like a Zynga or somebody. I see. Um, but if you're a company that's got acquired by a more traditional company, the, those investors and that board won't understand it. Um, but yeah, I do track it. Um, I try to track it by monthly cohort. I see. The, right, and by source. The other thing I want to move on to, Steve, as well, sure. is something where let's go on to some good news. Where UA managers are like, Steve, this is working really well for me, this campaign. I want to really double down on this, but maybe you haven't budgeted for it. So how do you sort of deal with that? Uh, that's a uh, another good question. Um, I guess it's at that point depending on whether you work for a private company or a um, public company, you know, you've got an opportunity. You need to go to financing sources and figure out how you're going to, right. How you're going to finance that. If you've got an opportunity like that, you got to jump on it. So you either go back to your equity investors or find some kind of creative, you know, debt financing source, right. Um, there's a lot of people that do, you know, AR, uh, AR financing, whether it's venture lenders or, you know, um, some of the, the special factor factoring guys like Pollen and, you know, fast pay and people like that. Um, you know, Pollen, as you know, recycles things a little faster. So, uh, I, I tend to like them. Do you look at credit lines from the ad networks at all? For, uh, yeah, uh, not from the ad. It depends on the ad network. So some of the bigger ones that you know, you know are big, and we just heard they, they raised $150 million or something like that. I'd probably watch it. I'd probably let that go, but I, I listen to it all the time. I listen to the industry news. And again, this is somewhere where the UA team can really help finance. You know, if you hear somebody might be in trouble uh, as a company, you know, you got to let us know because maybe we want to cut down their line of credit a little bit, right? I see. Because we yeah. put together, obviously, I've been working closely with Paulin in terms of just helping them with some of this. And this is in collaboration with Paulin. But, you know, what Martin has talked about is using those credit lines because it's theoretically free. Do you have a different stance on this, Stephen? Please, like, if you do, like, I'd love to hear it. That's what got me interested. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean... We don't use, I was thinking about from the revenue side, people paying us. 
Um, I don't use, I mean, we get 30 days from the vendors, but then I, um, I, I just get our, uh, our financing sources elsewhere, like a pollen or, or, or a bank. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, Cause we vendors only do this- 30 days, right? Yeah, that's very interesting to hear because we put together, well, Paulin did this capital stack where it says, all right, how to efficiently fund your UA campaigns. And it's like add network credit lines. So you t- I'll re- read the list out and you tell me where you agree, disagree. Add network credit lines, number one, cash at bank, obviously, credit cards, and then lines of credit like a Paulin where you can get AR financing. And then obviously the next one is VC funding if you really want to raise more money. So what do you think, Steve? I'm, I'm biased to the VC funding right now, but, uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so that'll be among the most expensive though. A lot of times, um, you know, efficiently deployed the, you know, the, the pollens and stuff will, will be, uh, you know, the next, um, you know, traditional bank lines, if you can get them, and that's the biggest problem. They can be pretty cheap, uh, relatively inexpensive compared to the, the other sources, but you know, you, you have to be pretty large, right? So you, you know, you gotta be a 20 million, $30 million company with venture backers before a bank will give you a good credit line. Um, you know, credit cards, I just, <laughs> that's risky. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, it's, it's pretty expensive. I see. I like it. I'm, this is great. I'm glad you said this. All right, let's end with this, Steve. So I'm a founder, been doing this, been running pretty much UA finance, all this stuff. What kind of tips do you have of when a company, a gaming company should hire a CFO? It's a good, uh, good question again. Um, I would say, I think people wait too long to hire a CFO. Because I think a lot of people think you have to have a full-time CFO, but I think more and more you'll see these part-time CFO guys around. Um, and I've seen them at a couple other game companies. So if you can find somebody, I, I would say you probably don't have to do a part-time person until, you know, really you've got some consistent revenues coming in. Because it's then at that point where you got to start managing the, 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 the revenue uh, and the expenses. Yeah, before that, you're just trying to get traction. So I don't, you don't need, <laughs> it's too early. Yeah. I like that. You have a revenue number that, you know, founders should try. To yeah. It's funny. For? I was thinking about that. So say, say when you get to like 20,000 DAU, um, maybe they're doing like 10 cent ARP Dow or something like that. Uh, yeah. So you're doing 2000 a day, right? 2000 a day in revenues, 60,000 a month. Yeah. Then go get, get a good part-time CFO. That doesn't mean you don't have to get a lower level um, like bookkeeper or controller before that, you know, but I would say, you know, you start out with that sort of accountant bookkeeper type. Then when you get up to that certain level, you can bring in like a part-time CFO. Then at like, uh, let's say five to 10 million, then you might want to start looking at the CFO. And if you're going to start interacting with venture funds and um, maybe corporate people, then you may want to do it a little earlier than later. But if you can run on your own, then you probably don't need it till about 10 million. I like it. Thanks for those real numbers too. It sort of is helpful, you know, like it doesn't have to be yeah. tried and true, but it's like, okay, it's a gauge of, am I close? Yeah. Right. Is it a hundred million or yeah, is right. it like a hundred thousand? Right. It's a big right. difference there. Yeah. 
Steve, anything I missed that you want to make sure we hit upon? No, no. I, I, I just, again, be a good partner. It's a team game. I love it. Well, before we hit the big finish, Steve talked about it. Look, he, when he needs, when something good happens and you've got a UA campaign that's working so well, but maybe we haven't really fully budgeted, well, check out pollen.vc. They're going to give you AR financing. And for those who aren't familiar with this term, like me, I was like, what the hell does that mean? Well, essentially, they use the revenues that you've got secured through Apple, through Google, through your ad networks. And you say, hey, you know these $100,000 that I've generated that I promised Steve would turn into four hundred thousand in six months. Well, I need that quicker. Well, Pollen's going to give you a percentage of that, close to almost 95% of that right away. So you want that? That's the money that you're already generating. You can get that faster through pollen.vc. It's an easy way to sort of, when you have a campaign that's working well, really finance it through cheaper means rather than what Steve said, look, rather than going to VCs or even credit cards or trying to go for your banks. They may not want, they may want millions. You can't get 100,000 through your bank. They may want millions. So once again, it is pollen.vc. Martin's a great dude. I've known him for years. So if you just want to talk to him and understand a guy, talk to a guy who understands UA and finance, he's a great guy. He'll tell you all about it. Once again, pollen.vc. Steve, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us an app that we definitely have to check out. Hmm. I was going to say TikTok, but <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> Our kids love kids... it, right? <laughs> I love TikTok. Yeah, no, my kids make me do that all the time. What um... are you doing on TikTok, Steve? I really want to know this. <laughs> yeah, I guess I shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> I'm totally addicted right now to uh, it's an old puzzle game, 2048. So I'm totally addicted to that right now. I love it. Um, yeah, I love apps, right? I also love all the the fancy the fancy sports app. I was working at a casino company, so there's a lot of really interesting sports betting apps coming out too. Yeah, it's a big, big industry. I've worked with a couple, and like this is, these are very similar apps. There's slight nuances between the two, but they're very, very similar in one. Yeah, indeed. I like it. Steve, what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? Oh, the longest was, believe it or not, well, it was to say no, it was to l- deliver bad news. I, I mean, I definitely... Yeah, who likes to deliver bad news or, or say no to something? So when somebody says, "Hey, if I give you two hundred thousand, you know, you're going to turn it into four hundred or five hundred thousand in three months, right?" You know, because that's your job. That's when you have to push back a little bit. Um, so I think that's taken me the longest to really get a hundred percent comfortable with. But you got to do it. Do you just feel it like when you're like, "I should say no, but I can't do it"? Is that when you're like, "I should probably just say no and blurt it out"? Uh, I think at this point, yeah, I know that feeling or I just know like I, it's almost second nature now, but it, that's what it felt like in the beginning. Like, oh, I should say something, but I really don't want to. He's going to yell at me really loud and mean because that's what people do. Um, but I've depersonalized and just said, you know, OK, well, it is what it is. You're going to yell at me more later. When your kids asked you to be on TikTok, was it an easy yes then? <laughs> it wasn't like a quick no? On the topic of those, I would have been like, what is TikTok? <laughs> yeah, it, it took me, it, it took a little wrangling, a little negotiating. They had a promise to do their homework and, and, and do some stuff in the yard. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> Steve, th- th- thank you for this amazing conversation. If the audience wants to follow up with you and say thank you or just learn more about you, do you want to send them anywhere? 
Oh yeah, no, I, I'm happy to do that. Any questions, you know, let me know. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Steve Hovagimian. Uh, I'm probably the only one, or Steve H at ArmorySV.com. Um, but just reach out; I'd be happy to help. The website once again is ArmorySV.com. That's going to be linked up into the show notes as well as Steve's LinkedIn. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time and doing this. Ah, thank you, Steve. Thank you all for listening, watching, and I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.